This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Samovar Tea. To find out more, visit SamovarLife.com. And by listeners like you. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Elga. And I'm A.J. Meyer. And on this podcast we interview actors, directors, casting directors, agents, managers, writers, filmmakers, anybody involved with the entertainment industry and we bring those interviews to you. Uh, the big 4-0, man. I know, dude. Does what? That mean, does that mean it's all downhill? When did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Are we over the hill now? Is that what happens? Or we're possibly. Over, we're, we're over the hill. We need, we need, a, we need a joke birthday card (laughs) and uh some other stuff that you get at 40 i don't even know i'm not i'm not actually there yet but we are the podcast is we're not 40 years but 40 episodes yeah it's kind of crazy and uh on this episode episode 40 we have part two of our interview our fantastic interview with mark atterbury multi-hyphenate extraordinaire so i won't even get into his many many titles and We've got um, a a listener voicemail and some other stuff going on. So, you know, you can always get in touch with us. Uh, Visit our website at InsideActingPodcast.com to kind of learn the different ways to do so. That's right. And remember that we're just two dudes with a podcast. We don't pretend to know everything. So if you guys disagree with something we say or you want to chip in and uh, talk about something, that's why we exist. So get in touch with us. Uh, (laughs) InsideActingPodcast.com. You can call us, email us, comment on our stuff, tweet us, whatever. Made sound, guys. You made it sound like a, a bit like a Fra- Frasier's radio show. Like they can Did call I? in with their problems and dreams, and <laughs> you're like, you're like, just call in, and 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 that's why we're here. We're here to. I mean, I guess it is why we're here. Except instead of talking about people's psychological problems, we're talking about people's uh, acting careers. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's right. fun. It's fun, <laughs> and it's it's uh it's been an amazing learning experience. Yeah. Trevor yeah. and I were talking about this, and this, this may actually be, it will likely be, our last episode of 2010. It will, it will be, because we're both going out of town and, <clears throat> and uh, stuff. The holidays <laughs> stuff. Yeah, stuff, holiday stuff. Stuff is holidays. I can't even really put into words how much this podcast has taught me over the last year plus since we've been doing it, but especially 2010 was a big, big year for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have, I, I really do have the podcast to thank for that. Uh, awesome. A lot, a lot, a lot. How, uh, how do you feel about your 2010, Trev? I know you were interested in maybe talking about some. Well, yeah, I I, I, I kind of wanted to segue into that from pick of the week because I know you have a pick of the week, and I, I wanted to kind of piggyback off of your pick of the week and talk about. Oh it. yeah, you didn't even tell me yeah. what yours was. Yeah, um, but you know, before that, what, what's been keeping you busy this week? Any any stories? I know you've had some some bigger and bigger auditions lately. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what I've learned from that last one. It's kind of weird. It's like I thought about talking about it on the, on the podcast, and I kind of only want to bring stuff to the podcast that I feel like I learned something from and therefore I can kind of share it and 
have it be a shared learning experience. So I was thinking about that audition, and I'm I'm still trying to figure out if there's anything that I took away from it, other than it went really well, and I think that my confidence level is con- sure. constantly sort of increasing when it comes to these things. Do you find that you're a lot less anxious or nervous when you get into the room now? Yes. Yes, I do. It's funny. Isn't it weird that works? Like the confidence level goes up, so you get into bigger rooms, but you're, and you think your anxiety level would go up too, but it doesn't. It kind of goes down because you're just like, well, I, I, I belong here. You get to a point where you start feeling like, yeah, or like this is correct. <laughs> yeah, or like what's the difference between, you know, this room and that room that I was in last week, even though it's different, you know, different role, different yeah. or bigger role or, you know what I mean? Kind of hard to explain. I was trying to be slightly outside of myself or slightly meta about it. So I could really take a look at what it was that I was feeling at the time. But then I realized that was a bad idea because I didn't want to, I wanted to, I didn't want to be outside myself before an audition. That's like a really, really bad idea. I mean, I guess, I guess I should say what it was. I I went in for a series regular on the new JJ Abrams pilot, which I don't know. I, was flabbergasted when I got that call from my manager. It was uh, unbelievable. And I, I, wa- I wonder if, because I mean, do, do, I think I might know the answer to this, but do they pull, like, is that how it works? Like, do you just kind of go from having just a handful of credits on your resume to boom, booking a series regular, or do you have to work your way up through co-star and guest star roles to get Most there? Most people have to work their way up. Yeah. Most people find that they... You know, they, they're at the co-star level for a while, then they move up to the guest star level for a while, and then they move up yeah. to, you know, maybe recurring. I wonder if your manager think that, knew this and it was just like, let's just get him in the room and show them who he is. Well, it also doesn't matter. Like, because I was a lot of people, when I was listening to Jason Lapadure, Jason Lapadure talked about this at ActorFest, there's a lot of people who get cast who have like no credits at all, mm-hmm. and they get a series regular on, you know, some big show. There's one of the actors on the event that... Jason was talking about that had no credits hardly at all and just, you know, happened to come in and, and knock it, knock it out of the park as far as his audition went. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that the credits matter as much as people think that they do. I think the, what matters about credits is that the producers and the directors, they want to see that you have some kind of experience so that you're not going to be so green in the, in, at the gills on set. Yeah. What's the mark? What's this? What's yeah, that? exactly. Know, exactly. Like they don't like time is money in Hollywood and they yeah. don't want to waste their time and their money. This actually is a good segue into something that I wanted to talk about. So I guess this is kind of what I've been learning about uh, the audition process and stuff. I, th- I think I was going to table this till after, um, Mark's the second part of Mark's interview today, but it's okay. We can kind of talk about it here because he talks a little bit about in his first, the first part of his interview about um, time and how quickly things get cast and how quickly things happen in this town. So they find, you know, he was talking about type. So they find somebody who fits that type. They get them in the room, and then if it's like they can act it, they can do a good job with it, and then they'll be cast. I was thinking about this <clears throat> over the past of these these last three or four. big television auditions that I've had. And I was thinking that when you go into that room, especially for that first audition with that casting director or the callback if it's in front of like producers or directors, 
you, there's a good chance that you're going to be on set in the next couple of days Mm -hmm. shooting it. If you get, if you get the role. Yeah. So just imagine this. You go in, you have your audition with the cast director, you get a call back, you go to producers, directors, maybe they start shooting the next day or the day after that, or maybe next week, right? And you're on set and that's it. It's unlike in theater where you have, you know, rehearsal time and that kind of thing. So when you go into that audition room, you kind of have to be performance ready in a way mm-hmm. because yeah. they have to know when you're on set tomorrow, you're going to be able to handle that role. Does that make sense? That you've done the work. Yeah. Yeah, that, exactly. You've done the work before you came in. You've made strong choices and that kind of thing because you don't really get like uh, a second chance. Maybe the casting director will give you an adjustment, which is a good thing because they want to see if you can, you know be flexible and act and, 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 you know, do whatever it is that they're asking you to do. Mm-hmm. And then when you go in for, you know, directors, producers, I doubt they're going to give you an, an adjustment. You know, they might, the director might, if he's you know really interested, but he thinks you just missed this one little beat or one little note. But the fact is you're going to be on, if you book it, you're going to be on set the next day or the next so week, fast. you know, so fast. Yeah. And so you kind of have to be, that was kind of, that tripped me out. I never really thought of it like that before. Like you have to be in sort of onset mode. Well, that's another, when you go into your first audition, that's another side of the whole saying that as an actor, your job is auditioning. I mean, it's like your job to audition, but it's like, you also got to like make sure that, that audition is ready to rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's got to be set ready. Yeah. Um, and that's set ready. Yeah. That's an interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that was one of the big, right big on. takeaways. The audition went great, by the way, in case anybody's interested. Yeah. Well, you're really, you're really building that muscle, you know, that, that audition muscle. So it's like, it's easier and easier for you to go into these kind of high profile, you know, quote unquote situations, um, and just nail it and, and nail it to me seems to be more like just opening up and showing them who you are. Yeah. yeah That's what I'm learning through this podcast. Is yeah. It's like Mark said, acting his autobiography. And it's like, it's so, yeah, I was, yeah, no, I was going to say, I was, I was going to say nailing it to me is, is, uh, being relaxed and, and allowing them to relax, mm-hmm. you know, being relaxed enough that the casting director is relaxed with you and you're just, you're just in a meeting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Right. Uh, what's been going on with you, man? Uh, well, I've, I've been busy with group. Um, we rehearsed this week and incorporated some of the feedback we got from uh, preview audiences from the first weekend. And we dropped some lines, added some lines, changed some music. I got some new harmony parts. Um, and that was fun, if not a little bit stressful. But it was cool. And yeah, then, you uh, guys had like one rehearsal, right? We had two. Two rehearsals. Oh, they, were, okay. they were both music rehearsals entirely. So we oh. didn't actually... Re- we rehearsed the, the line changes once before we went up with them in front of the audience gotcha, on Thursday. Gotcha. But uh, I, I, I know I secretly love that kind of situation. And, um, and then I, I had an audition for a, a commercial that I got called back for, and then I was put on a veil for it. But the, the shoot dates... And I knew this when I walked in for the audition. I walked in. I'm supposed to fly out on the 20th to Philadelphia to be back with my family for the holiday. So I walk in, I see the audition dates is shooting on the 21st and the 22nd. And I was like, oh, well, I can't do this. So I talked to the ca- the session director and I was like, I, I, I'm not going to be out of town. And he's like, oh, okay, well, next time. So I left. And I was like, you know what? Why, why am I discounting it like this? Like, 
I should just audition and then cross that bridge when we get there. So I went back in, saw him again. He was like, hey, dude. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, my plans are flexible. Let, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. He's like, all right, cool. So I did. It got called back. And then I got put on a veil for it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Of course you did. I, being on a veil is like, is like torture, especially if you're leaving town. Because I was like, I don't want to change my plane ticket just to find out that I didn't book it. So right. I was like calling the casting office, calling my agent, being like, can you guys just tell me one way or the other as soon as possible? And of course, they were like, eh, we'll try. And so I just, I kind of was in a little bit of a frenzy yesterday. And finally, I, my, my agent called yesterday and, and they released me. So I'm going to go home as scheduled. Ooh. But it was one of those situations where I was like, isn't this just perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, and it would have been a cool excuse to uh, to be like, sorry, guys, uh, I can't be home for Christmas this year. <laughs> I just work too much as an actor. <laughs> too too to many bookings. I have to go shoot this commercial. Yeah. Sorry, Sprint needs me. Um, <laughs> Sprint needs me. But, uh, you know, other than that, man, I've just been winding down. I'm so ready to go home and just, like, really just, just kind of veg out with my family for a few days, see some old friends, um, live the Philly lifestyle as opposed to the L.A. lifestyle for a bit, which is to say... Eat lots of fat boy food. I was going to say, what is, the, what is the Philly lifestyle? <laughs> beer and fat boy food. Yeah, yeah. nice. And uh, and then I, I really just want to I want to write a lot this this year. I, I've been really building the writing muscle, and you know we'll roll into picks of the week, which is what my pick of the week has to do with. But um, I'm looking forward to just having some time to just like put aside to to just write because I have some some projects I want to. I've been really forward excited on. for you to kind of see you doing that. You know, I want to see what come what what kind of things come out of that because you know if there's one thing that i just have never flexed at all it's that writing muscle like i i I have sometimes i'll have ideas for narratives and stuff like that but i don't think i can write dialogue like i don't have i don't really have a lot of confidence in that in that arena um i think i think i think that if i was going to be a quote-unquote multi-hyphenate i don't know if writing would be one of those (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a muscle like anything else you know i mean I mean, I think everybody. I think has I can write. I just don't yeah. know if I can write dialogue. That's the toughest part. I was just reading an article on uh, that somebody on Twitter retweeted. Yeah, retwat. Retweeted from from a website called the website called the Script Lab, and it was all about like how difficult writing dialogue is, and it had some kind of pointers and links you could follow to to read up on back articles that kind of put everything in context. But it was really interesting. To, to hear somebody else say, yeah, dude, dialogue is really hard to write. Yeah. Because it's it's not realistic. It's like, it's faux realistic in that it, it, it tricks you into thinking it's realistic, but really it's, it's every line has a very specific function in moving the story forward. Right, right. And defining who that character is and what their function is in the story. So it's it's a beast, man. You know? Yeah. But um, I think there's only one way to do it. That's just to, 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 to dive in and get your hands really messy and... and Ride around do in there a lot for a of bit. work, yeah. As Ira Glass. So, uh, so what is your pick of the week? Speaking of, um, so my pick. Oh, of you know week, what? Let me. I'm sorry. Let's yeah, reverse you, that. Let me give you my pick of the week because I want to. I, I want to piggyback off of yours. Yeah, my uh, pick of the week is this book that I read a while ago, and I'm reading it again called Save the Cat. I'm going to hold it up for our UStream viewers. Was this? Did I say this before? Was this my pick of the week before? I hope not, man. I hope I'm not repicking this pick of the week. Uh, the, the subtitle is The Last Book on Screenwriting You'll Ever Need. It's by a guy named Blake Snyder. And it just goes through his kind of 
philosophy on what sells a successful mainstream screenplay. And it's very mainstream. Like, he talks about certain movies as being, like, the epitome of brilliance in terms of structure, and then other movies not being. And one of the movies he bashes is Memento, which is one of my favorite movies. So that you have to kind of, like, come at it from that, like, okay, his main goal is just to sell a Disney movie. Like, that's his, his approach in this book. But there's still a lot of really useful stuff in it. Um, and I've been kind of like combing through this and taking notes and using this in conjunction with the writer's dream kit software to just kind of like get a handle on maybe how to approach writing something. So that's my pick of the week. Save the cat by Blake Snyder. The last book on screenwriting you'll ever, ever, ever need. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. I, that was that sounded, started to sound like a commercial. It's really, it's a really good book. And it's crazy because he talks about the, the 15 beats that are present in ev- most movies. And you can literally set a timer as you're watching movies and then find those beats. Oh, like, God. oh, we're at 25 minutes. Yep. And there it is. You know? Wow. It's crazy. Wow. So if you want to never see movies the same way again, read this book. If you want to ruin every movie for yourself for the rest of your life. Well, I already have a hard time watching movies because I'm always looking at the actors. You know? It takes That's a really true. it takes a really smoothly acted, written, directed movie for me to lose myself in it. That's true. That's very true. I mean um, I guess as an artist you kind of like I remember my uh my height my junior year in high school, English teacher said uh at the beginning of the year, she said, I'm going to ruin every movie for you. <laughs> and we were all like, what? What? Why? What? 18 That's... students just leave. Yeah, why are you being so mean? I'm going to ruin every movie for you. Why? And she was like, especially every Disney movie. And we were just like, oh my God, who is this woman? And and what it was is she taught us how to be really analytical mm. and sort of break down story and structure and stuff like that. And thankfully, she didn't ruin every movie for me. But it does kind of give you... It, it's basically like if you build your your... Why do we keep talking about building different muscles on this podcast? You build your muscle as a discerning... We work out. <laughs> yeah, come work on. Out. <laughs> you, you build, you build this, uh, 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 your sort of discernment muscle, right? You become uh-huh. more and more discerning. And so, you know, you, you, you just, you know, you, you refuse to spend your money on... I have this weird Tron visual... Legacy. What? <laughs> I have this weird visual of, of us with, like, these weird muscles growing out of our head. <laughs> oh, like, God. This is my audition muscle. Check it out. <laughs> just weird thing pulsates. We might we're, edit that part. We can be actor mutants. <laughs> um, so, what's your pick of the week, dude? Uh, really? So, <laughs> that's my segue. We go from mutant muscles growing out of our heads to Albert's pick of the week. <gasps> I said Albert. That was weird. 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 Uh, weird. weird. That is my name. My pick of the week is I don't know. It's, is it a book? Is it an author? There's this author out there. Some of you may have heard of him before. His name is Chris Gullibu. Gullibo. Yeah. Sorry, Gullibo. Chris, Chris Gullibo. Gullible. Gullibo. Oh, I bet he never gets that. Huh? Gullibo. I know. He's going to beat me up. Um, he's written several books, some of which are free to download on his website. So mm-hmm. we'll put a link to uh, his website on our website. But it's his name.com, chrisgullibo.com. And <clears throat> the reason that I, I, I haven't had a chance to read everything that he's put out, but my roommate, our, our podcast producer, Nelson, came home with one of his books. Uh, it's called The Art of Nonconformity. This is, yeah, it's his first published book. Subtitled, yeah. Set Your Own Rules, Live the Life You Want, and Change the World. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> last night, Nelson comes home and he's like, here. And he sets it down and like all of a sudden I can't put this book down. And we're just like paging through it and paging through it and paging through it. And we get to this part in it where it talks about how to give yourself 
a grad school level education for less than $10,000 in one year. And the life hacking. And he literally just bullet points all these different things, and it's amazing. And it's just stuff that, like, I wish I could do anyway. Well, I say I wish I could do, but that's the trick is like just making yourself do it. So he talks about joining a language club and listening to a language learning podcast like every twice a week for a couple of hours so that you can learn a new language. He said, spend three to four hours and learn every single country in the world, its capital and its current president, prime minister or, you know, whoever's running the show. Um, oh, uh, travel a lot. Go to like, you know, uh, all these major cities, you know, da, 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 da. and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh my God, like this sounds really expensive. But if you think about it, Versus grad school, it, it, it was actually cheaper. It was like less than ten grand to do all of these different things, and it was just about giving yourself like a life experience. And there's some stuff that you can do for absolutely free. Like he he talks about doing stuff as simple as uh, there's this link where you can go to on Wikipedia that actually gives you a random Wikipedia page every time you go to this link. He said you just take that link and make it your homepage so that every time you open your browser it goes to a random wikipedia page and then you just read that page and then you move on with your internet browser interesting so <clears throat> it's sort of like he, he teaches you how to like sort of collect experiences and intelligence from all different you know areas the internet's traveling all these different avenues mm-hmm. of taking on you know knowledge and it was kind of i don't know it was kind of eye-opening because i was like oh man yeah like i should i should give up a year (laughs) of my life and give myself you know a grad school experience i never went to to grad school so yeah well i mean it was very it was very interesting that's cool so that's his that's his published book which i don't think is very expensive and then he's got a bunch of free ebooks on his website so you can just go to his website and just download some of his other writing and and kind of follow him and and some some of them he charges for. I think the website is <coughs> unconventionalguides.com. That's his ebook website mm-hmm. where you where mm-hmm. you purchase some of the ebooks he's written, but he's also got some free ones that are that are really good. And he I guess I mean I don't know, would you say this is accurate? You could probably sum up his his uh his title as life hacker. Cuz that's kind of what he's about is like finding the most efficient way to, to do things and and really kind of moving away from the 9 to 5 jer- hamster wheel <laughs> like rat race kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It goes along I mean we've talked about the 4-hour work week mm-hmm. on here before, you know, Tim Ferriss's uh book and it, you know kind of goes it's in that same I want to get thing. that new book he's got, so, The 4-hour body. Yeah. It looks fascinating. It just came out this week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um what I subscribed to Chris Golubo's newsletter and um I wanted to piggyback off of this pick of the week because um I wanted to just touch on our our goals a little bit cuz we set these goals on the podcast uh. <laughs> a year ago and I wanted to just check in because yeah. in Chris Gillibo's newsletter the most recent one he sent out <laughs> he talks about you know his own life and his business and he says and he said the most recent one he said I, I I take a day every year and I sit down and I ask myself two questions one what went well this year and then two what did not go well this year and I just kind of like wrote those down on a little sticky note for myself. And last night I spent like a half hour just what came to mind for those things. And it was really fascinating to do a reflection on this year and just see what did not work, where I got led astray, what landed unexpectedly, what I focused on and actually did happen, things like that. So what would you say just gut level from the hip 2010 was like for you? I mean, maybe in the context of I these goals know. that we kind of so publicly set. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know how much I like what did not go well. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe 
I would kind of change that to what didn't I get to? Hmm. Yeah. You know, like it'll happen eventually, but what didn't I get to? Right. Uh, especially if you're in terms of goals anyway. Right. Because my goal, <laughs> my goal is almost laughable at this point because things just kind of fell apart thanks to the war cycle and stuff. Uh, I, I really wanted to get into the gym and my, my, the thing that I said on the podcast was I wanted a six pack. Yeah. yeah. And that I'm nowhere near any, yeah, that did not happen. Yeah. It just didn't. I, like I said, the war cycle kind of became this, this huge interruption if you will, in that goal. But the thing was, it was so amazing, such an amazing experience. And it led to so many different opportunities that I can't really, it's not like I begrudge that at all. It just like completely took my focus away from, um, <clears throat> you know, this, these other, these other goals. But, but if you were, if you asked me what went well, I think 2010 was the biggest growth period in my career so far. Mm-hmm. Hands down. I got, in 2010, I got all new representation. I got a new manager, new commercial agent, new theatrical agent. I went out on some of the biggest auditions I've ever gone out on in in, in my life. Uh, actually, I might find out next week about whether or not I booked uh, that gig down in San Diego that I talked about before. Yeah. So there was just a lot of really positive forward motion. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I were to take a step back... Those are the results. The process was this podcast mm. and the stuff that I learned from doing it and talking to our guests and that kind of thing. Right that, that was the process. The result was the sort of forward motion that I'm talking about. And what didn't I get to? I didn't get to the gym. <laughs> you know? Right on, yeah. <clears throat> and that's something that uh, I'm still taking very seriously. I just need to kind of you know, refocus on that. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a hard question. Oh God. Okay. Do you think that's a result of time management or do you think it's, uh, you just like literally could not fit it in? I think it's a combination of the two. I started looking at the things in my life. That was another thing that I did that was, I didn't spend as much time, this is ironic, I didn't spend as much time on this as I could have, but I started looking at my life in terms of what was sort of taking up time and I started thinking of ways of delegating those tasks. Mm-hmm. and figuring out ways to see if there's other people who could do it, if it was something that was taking up too much of my time and I didn't need to do it, you know, things like that. And I think that I'm starting to find ways of managing the different projects in my life and figuring out how to either delegate them or stop doing them or leave right. them behind or whatever right. that is so that I can come back to the things that I sort of, my goals, what I want to work on, that yeah. kind of thing. And in in a way there was there were times especially like during the war cycle there were times where it was just literally impossible i i don't know how i could have done three shows at a time in all the time that we spent rehearsing and performing mm-hmm. those and still been and all the homework you had to do i mean you had done some of these roles before but you know that doesn't mean that you just go home and you still have 100% energy to do other things, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. Yeah. Like, try to wake up the next day and go to the gym like yeah. after after rehearsing for 17 hours or something like yeah. that, Yeah, which I feel like we did one day. So, cool, man. How about you? Uh, what, your, your goal... I had, I had a lot wanted, of goals. You wanted to write a screenplay, right? Yeah, and I, I kind of came around to that in a way. I did the National Novel Writing Month, which right, which, right. Uh, which I finished. I did 53,000 words, and, and, and a lot of ideas have sprung from that. 
Um, so, but the, you know, my big, my biggest thing was that I didn't, uh, I didn't focus. I didn't keep, I didn't have a system in place to keep my goals, myself focused on my goals. And, uh, I realized over the years that my brain is very much a sponge and that it will feed on and grow whatever I feed it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, if I'm, I don't know, I'm just going to pick something on at random. If I'm, uh, if I'm watching a lot of wine, I don't drink, but if I'm watching a lot of wine podcasts, for instance, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, if I, if I would just like watch that, my brain would start to feed on that and be like, Oh, this is cool. And it would just kind of shoot off little ideas. And now all of a sudden I'm in wine world and I've completely forgotten about other things. And so mm. I realized I really just need to have some sort of system in place where I am constantly focusing on and visualizing and really affirming the things I want to accomplish with, with kind of legitimate time frames and just like feeding that to my brain over and over and over again. And that book that I was my pick of the week a couple episodes ago, the millionaire course has a lot of cool to- tools for doing that. And I've just decided that this year it's like, I've got, I've got some very clear goals that I of things I want to accomplish this year. And some of them are pretty ambitious I don't really believe them, but I'm going to set them anyway, which yeah. is saying shoot for the stars. You'll at least hit the moon right, or something. Right. So, uh, and I don't want to talk about them. What I realized last year too, is I did a lot of talking to a lot of people about what I was going to do and then I didn't do any of it. And so this year I just like, I, I know what they are and I'm just going to focus on them and I don't want to talk about it. I just want it to, when it happens, then you'll know. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's, that's my thing, man. I, I, uh, I suffered a lot this year for lack of focus. So I was talking to the producer of our, the voiceover sessions that I was doing, and he said something that was very interesting to me. That it was totally out of con- out of the context of what we're talking about now, but it has to do with what we're talking about now. He said, "I am very impressionable, and I know that about myself." Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. And I thought about that, and I was like, "Oh my God, so am I." Yeah, I'm very impressionable. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how passionate people, especially artists, like we'll see something, you know, that we like or that someone else is passionate about and we let that passion influence our passion. Yes. And we get passionate about that as well. Dude, you just hit it on the head. You just hit it on the head. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's um, a much more succinct way of what I was saying about the sponge thing. That's exactly what it is. But it it's like, you know, I have a hard time with that because I don't, I don't want to change who I am necessarily, but maybe, maybe what you, you are talking about right now and maybe what the solution quote unquote to this is, is to just focus that passion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And figuring out ways of doing that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's cool. That's, that's like, that's a cool outlook for 2011. I'm sorry guys, if this episode runs kind of long, but it actually, we, we had, we haven't even had a chance to say this. This will well, we did say this. Yeah. This will probably be the last episode for tw- for a while. Um, not, not only for 2010, but we may not start up again um, for, gosh, probably like a, a month or so. It's only goodbye for a little while. <laughs> uh, so let's jump into this interview with Mark. We've got part two of our interview with Mark Atterbury. A lot of another really great nuts and bolts, um, inspiring interview from somebody who just just is like making it happen, man. And this guy, he was so generous and... and uh, in his, with his time and his advice and knowledge and wisdom. So uh, enjoy part two with Mark Atterbury, and we'll see you guys on the other side.
if an actor like I, I'm, I feel as though I am very ethnically ambiguous. Yeah, and because of that, I kind of go out for these different, you know, roles. Right. Is that can is that is race compartmentalized from type? Is it separate it's from a, type? No, or it's is part it of it. Part of yeah, it. Yeah, it's part and, of it. And and if so. What's a guy like me to do? Like what? Well, remember in class, we, when I gave the type things, there were some people that had all kinds of types were coming up, and there were other yeah. people that had like two or three, and that was it. Um, everybody's a little bit different. Some people are just a slam dunk for a particular role. I mean, there are very few <clears throat> Brad Pitt types, but if you look like Brad Pitt, you're really going to be you're going to be more typecast than you. And Brad fights that you know he doesn't like to be so typecast where you've got people that are more charactery that just play all kinds of different things um so you need to find out where you're at what i do in my classes when i have people that are a lot of different types it's like basically here's what i want you to do i want you to focus in on one or two or at the very most three for a little while just focus in on those and keep putting those out there find the things that you feel most comfortable with that you know you have been most cast at and work with that for a while. Other people who it's a slam dunk, you know exactly what they are the second they walk in the door. Um, go with that because it's going to be easier to typecast you. But what you need to do is somebody who's a little more, as you say, ambiguous, is you need to find something and really nail it to the ground and get it out there. Billy Bob Thornton's a great example of this. I mean, he did that character uh, from Sling Blade in improv groups and comedy groups he was part of. And everyone loved that character. And he went, you know, that is kind of who I am in essence. And here I am, a dude trying to get indie films and doing all kinds of stuff all over the world because he is sort of ambiguous. He's a very plain and, and regular guy. Um, he focused in on things like that and just pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. And that's how he got to be Billy Bob Thornton, you know, by being so specific and doing something he knew he could nail. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah, it totally makes sense. But now I'm sitting, I'm going to be sitting here for the rest of the conversation thinking, what is that one thing? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, and this is where if you have a good demo tape, it really helps because you can see what people go, yeah, man, that's, that's just, that's the best role for you. That's the best role. You could do what I do too. I, I, cause I, I'm a little more ambiguous as well. I've got an interesting look, but I am sort of regular guy. I'm not, I'm not a Brad Pitt type, but because of that, I'm, and I have the freedom of doing different things. Um, I will ask people like, okay, if you were to cast me in a role or if you were to say, I'm going to write my own film and what role should I write for myself? Uh, what would that be? And just get a general consensus of what most people see you as doing. Again, I stay away from my family and my friends when I do that stuff, but my friends in the business and people that would have a, a good sense of things. Let me interject something totally off topic here. That is, is one of the most fascinating things in life to me. Um, I worked with a guy, Dove Simmons. I, I had a real good money-making period uh, with the photography stuff. And I had a, I bought a graphics design company basically. Um, one of my clients was Dove Simmons who does a two day film school. And if you've not seen his ads, it, it's in a lot of production magazines and stuff. Dove is the greatest guy in the world. In two days, he teaches you literally everything you need to know and like all the secrets. I love this already. Oh, he, he, we need to put a link to this on our website. Oh, he's awesome. I love Dove. Okay. And he's just he's this crazy little Jewish guy that's just got this awesome attitude towards life. And he yells and screams and gets upset at himself. And people, <laughs> that's great. He's so entertaining. But that's awesome. Dove is like one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. And he just gets how to teach. So he's kind of a mentor in a way for me. But um, long story short, Dove it was one of my graphic design clients. I did all his design for a while, and he had his great growth period. I mean, and I don't want to give away some of his secrets, but you know, his classes are three hundred ninety nine dollars, and he gets about a hundred hundred people signing up um, every two weeks, and he does them all around the world. 
he's making a lot of money. I mean, he's making a lot of money. So he thought, well, this is stupid. I'm telling people in my seminars, if you want to get a good price on film, if you want to shoot film, go to this distributor, ask for this deal. That's the deal that I know you can get. So, I mean, all of a sudden, he thought, well, this is stupid. I'm going to cut all the deals. I'm going to make an editing system. I'm going to put a studio together. I'm going to get a big building, and I'm going to make everything affordable for whoever wants to do it. Thinking, I've got all these students, and now they're going to spend all this money to do my 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 studio. And um, 1% of the people that took his classes took him up on the offer. Actually went through with he it. He spent millions through. of dollars to wow. build this beautiful complex here in Santa Monica and um, and stocked it and put the editing systems, everything, 1% came. And he realized, he goes, you know, I, I learned a valuable lesson. People will pay $400 to have their dream kind of scratched. You think, uh-huh. I can do it. I've got the info to do my dream. But they won't take the time and do the effort it takes to actually do it. So, and I apply that everywhere in life. And I find that in my own classes. I find that with my headshot clients. You know, so I, I try to talk about this stuff. It's like, do it, man. It's the people that do it are the ones who finally go on to huge careers. Yeah. It's so, such a great piece of advice. I feel, I feel like it's so simple. It's like just, it is. Just, it's, but it's so easy to, <clears throat> it's so easy to pretend that you're making progress yeah. by acquiring the knowledge. Right. But, but Napoleon Hill says it. He has a quote that says, true intelligence is measured by action or something yeah. like that. And yeah. I, that yeah. baked my noodle when I heard that quote. I was like, oh my God. That's awesome. You don't have to be very smart. You just yeah. have to do something. I just feel like so many <laughs> actors, that's how they spend all that money. You know, it's like we, we, we often talk about, Mark, on, on the podcast, we, we will often talk about like ways of not necessarily saving actors money, but telling them what not to go out and just, yeah. or to be very, just have a lot of discretion when they're going to spend their money. I feel like that's how they lose their discretion. <laughs> it's like, yeah. they're just like, if I give this guy $400, I'm going to be a, a, a star tomorrow. Yeah. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. I feel like that's how, yeah, so that's a great quote. Well, yeah, David Nutter. intelligence is... Measured by action or oh, something, something like yeah, that. So good. That's so good. awesome. Yeah. It's, it's that the, the integrity of just keep going after it that really matters. You want to be that 1% of people because, uh, trust me, those are the people that are working in the industry. You know, those yeah. are the people that are doing it. Well, people you see, people you laugh see. at the Cardassians. I mean, it's just like, what do they do? They're just like, reality. I'm sorry. I, I know their editor very well at the show. It's, they work hard is what they do. They actually really do work hard to get their, their show and their publicists and all that. Who cares if they don't? Well, I do. I actually am not a big reality <laughs> fan. Right. But, I mean, I give them credit because they're hard workers. They're part of that 1%, yeah. despite the fact they may not be banking on acting talent. Yeah. Well, you see it all the time in, on TV. I mean, you see I, – I know I watch TV and I see a lot of actors where I go, uh, yeah, they're not really doing what they need to be doing in that role. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not judging them. It's more just like a, it's more like a jealousy thing. It's more like I could be there. Yeah. But it's like they are part of the one percent that actually went through and followed through and did all these things. It's hard like you, you don't need to be the best of the best. You don't yeah. need to be the smartest of the smartest. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, but you do need to be a super hard worker. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I do remember the thing David Nutter said and that can, I was anybody can do that. <laughs> going to mention by the way, he always says that the problem with most actors is they go to classes and seminars and and whatnot because they want to learn what the rules are, thinking if I just do the rules. Then I'll be famous. And there's no rules. And I always open my classes by saying that. It's like, first of all, don't pay me the money to take my intensive just to find out what the rules are. So you do step A to B to C to D to D and go, and then I make it. It's like, that's not it at all. Oh my God, you completely baked my noodle just now. I am like, wow. That is such a a revelation. That's so good. Yeah. Don't just learn the rules. No man, focus Do something. Yeah, focus on the art and oh focus on the God. work. That's Part of the work so is business. Good. Part of the work is the art of acting. I mean, you just 
focus your time on those two things. So I good. Love it. Not I any love rules. It. Yeah. That's amazing. Don't. Oh man, that's what actors are spending their money on the rules. What are the rules? Yeah. And they do. Yeah. Wow. All the time. That's why I laugh. I like mean, as, as wonderful as I think like SAG Foundation is, it really is a phenomenal, phenomenal organization. I've taught there a lot of times, but I see a lot of the same people coming to class after class after class thinking, well, I'll just take this free class and then I'll know. Oh, you okay, I'll take that. one more and then I'll know. You and, said it in your class. You said, don't become a professional student. Yeah. And I, that, that was another thing that yeah. baked my noodle a little bit. I was like, oh my God, so many actors just go because they feel like they're yeah. Like, like you said, having their dreams scratched. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. exactly. Oh, man. Like, Bank by scratched. Noodle with Mark Atterbury. <laughs> <laughs> right, we, right, right. We, have, we have some various, uh, I don't know, catchphrases on the podcast, and that's, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's great. Baking, getting your noodle baked. So um, <laughs> we, unfortunately, we're kind of getting to our time limit here, which okay. is, sucks because I want to keep talking for another couple hours about all this stuff because I know there's so much we could talk about. But we have... Um, Two questions that we'd like to ask our guests at the end to kind of wrap things too. up. Oh, we got a listener question? Yeah, we got a Great. listener question. And then, after, and then after the question, I also want to, if you could just kind of like summarize what it is you do for people, yeah. where they can find more about you and, and that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so this comes from uh, our listener, uh, David Hafferty. Uh, it says, uh, Mark, from looking at your IMDb, I see that you uh, generally have a three-year break between projects, one project every three years or um, for about nine years. Um, so I guess he was probably looking back during that slow period you were talking right. about. Um, what kept you from not giving up? Uh, were you uh, bouncing around from agent to agent, trying to find the right match? Uh, was your personal life... Um, Shot? What Was your personal life <laughs> causing you to take breaks? Um, he said, I'm running on four years out here in LA and not finding my place yet. And I'm looking for inspiration. Well, the, I mean, the things we're talking about, just keep working is what I did. Um, IMDB is pretty much TV and film, uh, for the most part. What I did first is I did a ton of commercials. I mean, that's kind of where I <clears throat> cut my teeth. And, and like I said, then I got into voiceover and that actually was a, a very lucrative market for me as well. So that stuff's not going to be on IMDB. So what I did is I would take and refocus if something wasn't working, because I don't know why. I really haven't had much success at all on television, almost no success, until about three and a half, four years ago. Why that is, I really don't know. Maybe it was just my type was not working so much. I had some really nice breaks, but they never panned out. Um, like I did some pilots and things like that, but it just they never got picked up. Yeah. But for the most part... Um, my my advice to you is if you've been here for a while and you're not really getting the things that are on IMDb, what are you doing instead? If you're doing some great plays and getting some good relationships formed, which I did, I put a lot of focus on plays and getting relationships with casting directors who now remember me from years back because I did what not. Um, where's your attention now? Keep focusing on something you can do. So, I mean, it's a good question. And it, that's, I laugh because I, I, I even said this in your class. I mean, I look at myself now as someone whose hobby is acting. I don't really consider acting my profession per se, but it's more of an attitude thing for myself. I have to say it that way to myself because I don't want to be, you know, turning 50 going, I think my big break's right around the corner. Right, I just right. don't want to be there. Yeah. But that's why I branch out and do the other things. But I love acting like a dude who makes toy trains. You know, I'm so into toy trains. I'll spend every last penny <laughs> to get the next HO scale, you know, engine that comes out. Right. The same thing with acting. I mean, I, I'm, whatever's there, I'm going to focus in. And somehow that's all sort of paid off. Uh, on a television career recently, you know, last three and a half years, most of my stuff is television and a couple nice films. 
but that was not the case because it was focused on more commercials because that's what I was doing, more theater, which will never be on IMDb, mm-hmm. you know, and more voiceover, which is also not so much an IMDb. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I hope that answers so, the question. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, I you mean, just got to keep think- focusing, man, on, on whatever work <clears throat> is out there. People think, you know, the sad thing about this world is they equate acting. It's just like, you know, you, you guys know when you go home, it's just like, so what have you done? If you're an actor, what have you done? How come I haven't <laughs> oh, seen you? Oh, God. Like, dude, you question. have no idea what I've done. I've done like nine plays. I've done yeah. like, you know, yeah. 17 <laughs> short films. Two got into <laughs> festivals. Whatever it is, it's like, you know, yeah. that's what we do. We're all waiting for that right time, right place. Mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz said it. She goes, um, I knew that my career was going to be huge when someone walked up to me and went, Oh my gosh, you're that girl from my best friend's wedding. Because everyone had always walked up to her before and go, do I know you? I think I know you. Cause she had done little recognizable things. Mm-hmm. You're just waiting for that moment when that one thing kind of pops that puts you in the, in the limelight that everyone goes, Oh, you were great in that. You know, that right. that's when everything changes. So we're all just hoping to do that. Meanwhile, or here's the quote. I mean, Sam Jackson said the actor's job is auditioning. Um, the fringe benefit of our job is we get to act. And I think that's absolutely true. (laughs) You know, we spend our time trying to get auditions and getting our work out there and perfecting our craft where the real fringe benefit of what we do is we get to hack. (laughs) Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. It's very true. I like that a lot. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I I think, I think on uh, one of my social networking profiles, I think it might be Facebook where it's like, you know, it says profession and I have auditioner. Auditioner? Yeah, yeah that's auditioner awesome. Written there. That's or actually, awesome. we're, we've been trying in the, on the podcast the past few weeks to eliminate the word audition from our <clears> vocabulary <throat> in that yeah. context, as in I have an audition today. Yeah. And we're trying to replace it with the word meeting. I'm going to a meeting today. That's great. Um, yeah. Because it doesn't denote so much of a of a seeking validation kind of thing. It's right. more just like I'm sharing my creative ideas with you. Right. Um, you know, we're, well, Jack, we're working on it. If you guys know who Jack Plotnick is, I know the I, man. Wait, I, know I recognize the, the, the man. Yeah, Jack's, Jack teaches around town. He's a, he's a great working actor and just has some cool things to say. He goes, when you go into a, an audition, he says, basically, think of it as either I've already got the role or I'm never going to get this role. I'm just going to go inside and kind of play with the casting director and see if I can come up with some new ideas with this character. Mm-hmm. You know, it's those kind of transitions, I think, that make a big difference. Yeah. As opposed to, yeah. I got to get this job. I got to, you know. Right. And I do that. I, I walk in all the time now and just kind of like, eh, screw around with the casting director and see what we come up with. Yeah. You know, that kind of perspective change really helps. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. you can never believe that 100%. I'm still nervous and want the job, but the focus does change. It does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. The yeah. inner game is so important with that stuff. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so little of it is about... Like you said, the rules, you know, yeah. how do you slate, you know, that kind of thing is yeah. important, but it's not like, you know, don't go to a class on how to slate yeah, um, or do, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Um, no, don't, there's value don't to go it. To, don't there's go to, don't go to, don't go to two classes. Yeah. Don't go to two classes. That's what it is. Yeah. Don't, don't keep relearning the, the same rules, you know? Um, so talk a little bit about, uh, your class, be a working actor.com is the, uh, is the website. Yeah. Um, and we got so much just out of this, this kind of, this kind of seminar that you did at Actorfest, but what, so what is the curriculum? How long does it last? Well, basically what I've been doing for several years with it is, um, it's a, it's a type intensive. And what that means is we're basically going to take and look at you and find out what types do you naturally fit into? How is the casting community going to see you? What's their first impressions of you? Um, what things are you just so naturally going to fit into? You won't even have to try. And then once we've Figured out what that is. We're going to find out what's unique about you and how we can, can we take those uniquenesses and plug it into those standard types that you're going to play, come up with a way to brand you and to market you effectively, and then have a nice business plan for you. Then the second half of the class, we're going to find out uh, 
are your are your acting skills um, where they should be? Do they correspond to your types? Because the problem is, is a lot of people come out here from community theaters, and they're they have a great look. They they're completely comfortable with themselves. They get how people see them, but then they try to play something totally different than who they really are as an actor. Because it's that community theater sort of feel. Sure. So sure. it's there's there's two segments to my class. There's the 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 first half about type. The second half about talent. And we, we make them kind of mesh so you become one nice big package. Um, there is a lot of evaluation that goes on too. Like where does your type fit in in this industry? Is it a type that works often or not very often? If it's not very often, then I really want you to be doing some great self-promotion stuff and some great uh, self-producing stuff. So suddenly people go, who is that person? We have to put that person in our in our film or our TV show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, talent also. Is your talent at the level that it needs to be here in Los Angeles. Cause I mean, let's be really honest. This is the greatest actors in the world. It's the super bowl. Yeah, of acting. it is. Yeah. The greatest actors in the world do come here because this is where the bulk of the business is. Yeah. That's your competition. Are you at that level? Can you honestly compete with those people? Yeah. Cause you better be able to. And if you're not at that level, I'll be really on Well, I'll be gently honest <laughs> and let you know, you know, that there's a little bit of work that needs to be done. So there's some evaluation and there's lots of uh, typing that goes on so we can, send you out of the class with like, I know who I am. I know how the industry sees me. I know what the best Avenue for me to go to advance my career, what it is. And I have some good, you know, nice tool set to go and, and attack that. Cool. Yeah. Does it, does the class span several weeks or is it it's, like a, it's a six week intensive? Okay. And I will say come this new year, I've had so many people pushing me to kind of take it to other realms, especially the acting <laughs> realm. Because, uh, the one thing casting people say over and over and over is look, I want you to come in and just be yourself. And most people have no clue what that is when it comes to acting. But I totally talk about it in my class. But in six weeks, it's hard to cover that thoroughly. So I've been asked, and I have started uh, with some people, to do kind of like almost a scene study class. It's not your traditional technique scene study class, but it more is, you know, come in, be yourself. How do you do that? How do you act that? So I'm going I'm, to, I'm promising myself now, I'm going to uh, start doing more of those kind of things this coming year as well. That's great because you you said another thing. I, I took like three pages of notes during your your actor fest cool workshop, and mm-hmm. you said something that really stood out to me. And actually, I was in a play at the time, and it really took I took that what you said and it kind of pushed my work in another direction <laughs> that felt much more honest to me. Right. And you said you said acting is autobiography. Yeah, and yeah. I decided like that night I had a show and I went and I was like I am not going to force anything today. I'm just exactly. going to go out there. If I'm feeling tired, then I'm feeling tired. Yeah. And that's the way that character is going to be. And it just felt so good. It, it, I really think it was like, I talked about this a couple episodes ago, yeah. that I, I made a little breakthrough just based on that one thing you said. So yeah. I'd love to check out a, a, a more acting intensive well, it's, side of I, your I think I briefly work. hit on this in the acting in the, in the class, but it's there's three parts to acting. There's script breakdown, which is basically find out everything that's there, do all your research, um, know what you want, know what keeps you from getting it, all those kind of basic things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's personalization, like how do you make this real for you and personal for you, and then what do you personally have to bring to this? And the third part, which I'm telling you, 98% of the... 95% <laughs> of the classes in town, I don't know, um, don't even touch on this third part, which is... Let it all go. Trust that your work is there and just be yourself in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the key. I'm telling you, that's the key to all of the great people I work with, the great people I shot, the great, I mean, they just are. They just are who they are. They did all their work, so all that stuff will be there. They'll yeah. hit their marks, they'll say the words the right way they're supposed to, and all that stuff. It, just, it, it all happens if you trust it. And then you can just enjoy being yourself because great acting is all about chemistry. It's me to you. 
That's what we watch films for. The script doesn't even matter anymore. It's just that, that chemistry of the moment as you're saying these lines and hitting the marks you're supposed to be hitting. You know, it's, it's that moment that we get riveted by. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's hard to teach that stuff. It's very difficult to focus on the work and then let it go entirely. Yeah. Like you said in your play. Yeah. I like to think that acting really is just people paying you to have an honest moment. Yeah. That's kind of really what it boils down to. It's really pathetically sad, but yeah. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, I think in that same uh, vein, too, in that same conversation or the same part of your, your workshop, you, I think you, you quoted someone else. I don't remember who it was, but it was something along the lines of um, great talent is being yourself in the room on set or on stage yeah, and in it's life. Yeah, CAA agent. Yeah. Um, and that was my desktop background on my computer. I don't, it, I, I don't, I didn't change it, but it, it has changed for some reason. So my computer's acting weird, but it was, it, it was my desktop background mm-hmm. for a long time. It's just, you know, black background with white lettering that said great talent is being yourself, you know, on stage, um, in the room and in life. And I, I, I said this on the podcast. I said this as well. That same conversation we were having, Trev said it on the podcast a couple episodes ago. And I was just like, if you boil that down. If you cut it down, it's great talent as being yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, it is. And, and, and that's the hardest thing, man. It's, yeah. And even in class, we talk about this. It's like, <clears throat> how do you accept that you've been given everything you've been given for some kind of divine reason? You know what I Because mean? everybody wants to be something else and they hate this thing about me. I also quoted David Nutter to say, David said, um, the thing you hate about yourself is probably what will make you the most money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's like the most profound thing. to me. And he's absolutely right. It's like all these flaws I hate about myself are the things I keep getting cast for. I'm like, well, I don't want to go there. It's like, right. no, but that's the stuff that makes you the most money. That's, that's what we really get from you. That's funny. Yeah, but it's, it's so hard to accept this and just be comfortable with what we've been given. Well, people identify with flaws much more than they identify with perfection. Sure. I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean that's, the, the, that's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. So, wow. Wow, man. I wish we had another hour. Um <laughs> This is like the slowest wrap-up time. I didn't say that like 16 minutes ago. We, we've had this happen before. We're like, we're going to wrap it up, and then another half hour later. Um, so, so what do you? How much? So, the six-week intensive for, yeah. the, for like the basic things. Yeah. I know you said you're branching off on other things, but but yeah. that core six weeks. What do you charge for it's, that? It's uh, right now. It's three seventy-five. I'm, I'm working with a studio that's getting more and more expensive. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to keep things as cheap as I can for actors because it's it's tough. I know. I think that's we've all been there. That's a great, great deal. deal. No, three seventy-five for six weeks is is that's phenomenal. Very so reasonable. it's six classes or yeah. Okay. It's a six-week so intensive for okay. 375. Okay. Okay. And how, how, how many students in each class? It's uh, no more than 15. Awesome. I want to make so sure. Yeah. It's generally okay. between 10 and 15. And I, yeah, I want to keep it very individualized so each person thoroughly gets something about them. And it's kind of frustrating to go to a type class and walk out with like, you know, same thing for everybody. Right, right. Because everybody is unique. I mean, I really want to identify your uniquenesses. Cool. Cool. Um, That's great. Awesome. So... Um, Check it out, everybody. It, BeAWorkingActor.com. Yeah, and the other thing, too, and you'll find it on Be A Working Actor, is I still do do headshots. I don't do them six days a week like I did years ago. but um, And I'm taking a unique approach to that, too. It's going to be shooting according to your type kind of stuff. Yeah, you did that in the workshop as well. You, yeah. Uh, and you yeah. took a really great shot of one of the guys there. And it was so quick and easy. You just asked him to think about what, his brother or something. Yeah. Something his brother. And he just... Yeah. You, caught, you caught the most organic kind of beautiful headshot. This right. you, it sort of made me mad, to be honest, because <laughs> uh, I just took headshots and you immediately wanted me to, made me want to take more. Right. Not that I didn't like what my, my head... My, I thought my headshot photographer was a good photographer. It's just that so many photographers are not um, like directors, if you will, or yeah. they're not, they're not going to like help you bring out, you know, whatever that quote unquote type is. Yeah. 
But there's this handful of, of agents out there too. They're like, I want 12 shots. They do exist. Of like the doctor and the doctor smock with the stethoscope. I want the, uh, oh, the guy at the barbecue outfit, you know, with the, the apron around it. He's like, really? Seriously? Like all your clients have the same 12 shots? Right, right, right. And they do. It's just like, and cast directors hate it. And we hate it. Photographers hate it. Sure, well, I'm sure. It's always my creativity and <laughs> yeah. find this person's soul and, you know, bring their personality. Yeah, out. yeah. So, well, we got to wrap this up, guys. <laughs> right on. Well, actually, one quick, one more quick question before we get to our final two. Um, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> right. Um, how does your stuff differ from Sam Christensen's stuff? Because I know he's actually the same a really good question. Kind of um, it, it some of the things are kind of a lot of the same stuff. I mean, he does typing as well. Sam, I, I personally love Sam. I've known Sam for years and years and years. Um, he used to refer a lot of people to me as a photographer. Um, Sam is, uh, Sam's a lot about the art. He's really into like the Joseph Campbell, the myth, um, storytelling kind of stuff. What archetypes are you fitting into? I, I think it's really valuable stuff. It's very, very artistic and, and, and intelligent kind of stuff as well. Me, I tend to be a little bit more brass tacks. Let's just get down to the bottom line kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I approach things more from, um, a simple practical casting aspect where Sam approaches it more from the kind of overriding artistic standpoint. Um, I think it's a really good mix. I think it's a really good match between the two. Sam right. also believes in kind of coming down to a couple of single phrases that describe you, you know, and that's, that's where the value of branding is. Um, mine, the way I like to do it is I like to take common used phrases. For example, I'll use my own in, in this instance. Um, nice guy. Um, nice guy is a very common casting uh, a type, a role. Mm-hmm. And then find a way to twist it. The evil nice guy. Because I do play a lot of this kind of dark, or the dark nice guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That little twist right there makes it more unique to me. And it takes a very common thing and makes it very specific. So when they start seeing those things together, that, that word is out there all the time. The evil or the dark best friend. That's right. out there all the time in, in all my marketing materials. So, and Sam does kind of the same thing. He'll come up with phrases like, you know, a big dog in a small yard that kind of defines you. So we have a lot of similarities in that, in that aspect. And it is, in the long run, all about the business and understanding how to promote and market and brand yourself. Right on. Do you so. feel like that, that, that this kind of type work helps you more or less commercially? Like, do you, do you feel like it applies commercially uh, no. as well I as I actually think it's, I think it's equal of both. Because, again, okay. it's so fast with – I really find this theatrical now. As, you know, right. I do a lot of auditioning theatrical. It's the same guys over and over and over. We all look basically alike. We all act basically alike. Yeah. You know, we all kind of take places, you know. I book it and then the next guy books it and the next guy and then it's back to me and you know, right. so it's, yeah. it, it happens and it's no different in commercial casting offices. Same basic guys are going out cause it's so type driven. The difference is, is commercials are appealing to markets. Like they may want to say, we really want to hit the Midwest market with this advertising campaign. So they have to get people that fit that Midwest look. Sure. You know, or they want to go very international with this one. So they need to have a broad spectrum of international stuff. Mm. Television does that as well, but not quite to the extent that commercials do. Right on. But the, the same same rules, basic rules. I'm using the word rules. Oh. <laughs> the same guidelines basically right. apply for both. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. Our last two questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> number one, we we always like to, we're always curious to know if you feel like this career or this line of work or this industry chose you, or whether you feel <laughs> that you chose it. That's a really good it's a, question. It's a, little, it's a little new agey, but no, I'm going to go. I'll go to the type stuff I talk about um, in my class. We do get into your psychological types and there are certain psychological types that find themselves inclined to go into, you know, acting or be artistic in some way of expressing themselves artistically. Um, I think it's both. I really do because my, my 
childhood and the way I grew up made me just crave love. I really needed love. And it just seemed like this is the greatest way in the world to find love, get famous. Then everyone in the world would love me as dysfunctional as that sounds. It actually did give me a fair amount of drive to do what I wanted to do. But at the same time, I've always been artistic since birth. You know, it's just like that, that is just a natural thing that's in me. My psychological types sort of show that as well. Right now you can be a psychological type and have that generally is not inclined to the arts. They're more very internal. They don't really say a whole lot. They don't like to expose themselves or their work or anything. They'd rather be just kind of quiet and do what they do and go home and be very anal. Um, those kind of people can actually be good actors as well, right but they're not going to be as inclined to do as much. Right. I'm actually, I'll, I'll put it out there. Now. I'm, I'm trying to write a book called the, uh, I think I'm up to nine, the nine qualities of every famous actor. And there are certain things that keep popping to the top. It's not going to be every single one is consistent, but there are certain things that just keep coming to the top. Like I said earlier, um, just that drive to keep working, be that 1%. Right. I mean, that's a quality that's in most, almost every successful person I've ever met. Right. You know, there are certain qualities that do help. And some people were born with that. Some people develop that. So I'm a nature and nurture guy. Right on. Right yeah. on. Cool. Great answer. Yeah. <laughs> Very uh, in-depth. Yeah. And the... The final question, and this is... You know what I just realized? We didn't even get to any of the self, self-producing self stuff I know, we want to talk I know, about. Man. We're going to have to have you back, Mark. You, you, too. you might be, yeah, you might be uh, 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 one of only uh, two guests in the history of the podcast thus far to, wow. to be invited back. Wow. Um, <laughs> because there's just so much, just good, so much good information. So much good information. I know. It's so much good stuff. It's Thanks, insane. Man. So we'll, we'll have you back. So it comes with age. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing it with us. Um, we, we'll, yeah, we'll have to have you back on the podcast. I think I think that's 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 going to happen. Um, maybe next year sometime. So, our, our our last question that we like to ask is: assuming this is possible, if you had in all your in all your experience and everything that you've learned over uh, you know uh, the course of your career and being on both sides of the camera, and you know just sort of all the things that you've collected as it were over, over time, Mm -hmm. if you had one thing, one sort of nugget of advice that you could impart to, because a lot of our listeners are, you know, actors who are either just starting out or just gotten into LA or, you know, uh, are sort of early on in their acting careers. Um, what would that one nugget be? It's, it's, it's a really good question. Um, I was thinking about the, uh, I don't know why I was thinking about driving over here uh, about my marriage and I have a great marriage. I've been married six years, but I waited. Congratulations. Until, thank you. Um, I waited a long, 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 long time. Cause I never felt I was ready to be married. But now that I am married, I can't tell you how much I've learned about life from being married. And even my classes, I just go, man, it's so appropriate. This like applies to even the things I teach, but it's the thing that makes my marriage work is the commitment. That's what makes it work. And somebody told me way back when it said, um, it, it, love doesn't keep a marriage together. Commitment does. Cause sometimes love goes, it's just out the window. It's not even there for a good three years, but the commitment is what makes it work. And it's the same thing for acting. It's, it, and I, I mentioned before we started this whole thing to you guys, you know, one of the mistakes I made is I, I got focused on so many different things. And one of my regrets is I wish I would have just focused on acting. Um, if I was committed to that one thing, fully, I probably would have been farther along in my career now than I, than I am. And I think that's, that's the key right there. 
And it's not like, like you guys, we've been joking. It's not focus on the rules. It's not read every book there is to be said about acting and, and you know, and how to do it perfectly and, and casting and, and whatever. It's, it's just focusing on doing it because the greatest thing is like at this point in life, I realize acting is, it's just fun. It's just having a great time. And I've had people go, no, if it's fun, you're doing it wrong. That's BS, man. It's 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 fun. If it's fun. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. yeah. What kind of messed up yeah. thing is that? Those I won't say who it is, away. but there's some pretty wow. successful people. Somebody very very influential in this town told me that. Wow. And it was basically his note of like, get out of the business because uh, I don't like you. Was really what it came down wow. to ultimately. Oh, okay. But um, it is fun, and it's being a kid, and it's all that stuff that we did when we were six years old with like trucks and dollhouses and you know whatever. It's, it's being a kid and just pretending and having a great time doing it because ultimately we have to entertain people. We have to be likable. And the more fun you're having, the more entertaining and the more likable you are. So it, it, it took me a long time to realize, well, that's the roots, man. It's like having it going into audition should be fun. Yeah. You're playing around with the cast and director, having a great time with them. You know, it, it's fun. Wherever that is, it pays off. So stick with those roots, man. Just stay committed. Tell the stories you want to tell, do the things you want to do. Keep focusing on acting. It's that commitment, 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 commitment. Never give up because the people that don't give up are the ones that make it. You know, I, I guess that's kind of in a nutshell, what I would probably say. And don't get locked into the rules. Just, just don't. Amen. Wow. Dude. I feel like we could just like end the podcast. I know, on that show, like forever. forever, like never do wow. another episode. That would be the last thing anybody ever heard. It'd be legendary. Right. Someone uh, somewhere along the way is going to go, I wrote that in my book. Mark was just saying it. <laughs> he didn't come up with that. Hey. Um, no, well, Mark, thank you so much. Uh, I definitely think we'll, we'll have you back uh, at some point to kind of talk about. Uh, Thanks, I know you do a lot of self-production stuff, and I'm, I'm sorry we didn't get to it. But uh, Yeah, because that's a whole other hour of, of conversation. That's true. Well, we have talked yeah. about that with a lot of our guests for an it hour. We do, we do talk about a lot of uh, DIY stuff on the podcast. And just so. to throw this in there, it's the one thing you have the most control over. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not waiting to, for a cast director to cast you. You're not waiting for you could just go and do what you want to do. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And do it how you want. Well, we, and we and we, yeah. we we're big advocates of it. You know, we encourage people to do that. Oh yeah, um, me too. And we have our own theater company, and and you know, we're talking about starting a production company. So we're yeah. definitely big advocates of that. So we'll have to have you back because uh, this was fantastic, and you've got just so much to share. And um, I am gonna not be able to sleep tonight. I think. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, quit I, it! I gotta do. So, I gotta do something for my career. You'll sleep like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Cool. Um, well, thank you, Mark. Sure, so, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. So we'll see, we'll see you on the other side of the music. Hi, right, guys. Welcome back. Hope you dug part two of our chat with Mark Atterbury. Um, I know I, I am going to take a lot of action this year with postcards as a direct result of our conversation with him. That is like one of my main focuses is like yeah. do stuff and then let people know that you are doing stuff. Yeah. And that's a huge, I mean, I didn't market it all last year. It's like, and I, that to me is frustrating to, to, to realize. Yeah. But then I realized going forward, this is my weak spot. This is what I need to be doing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of intimidating because it goes back to that. We've had this conversation before about actors feeling like, Oh, they don't want to hear from me or what, you know, this sort of what's it, insecurity yeah. that we feel of like, well, if they get that postcard, well, I mean, who's to say they want to hear from me? Yeah. You know, so what? Uh-huh. So what? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't in the trash. You're in the same place you were before. You know, yeah. they're not gonna like get. Yeah. They're not gonna look at your picture and go, "I'm never calling him in the office again." Yeah, I don't it's know funny. why Jimmy Stewart is a casting director in town. <laughs> I don't know where that came I, from. I bought I bought a little bowl from Crate and Barrel like ten years ago, and I'm still on their mailing list. I still get their their catalog. They, they, they waste a whole catalog on me. I mean, we're talking like 50 pages of stuff. And I get it, and I look at it, and I throw it out. But it's in my head. I would have forgotten about Crate and Barrel eight years ago if they hadn't kept sending me this catalog every few months. And even though I look at it for three you seconds and throw it in the trash, one day I'm going to go, I need some new plates or something, and I'm going to think Crate and Barrel first. You know? Yeah. It's, well, it's we talked funny. about this, yeah. like the Bed Bath & Beyond thing. Yeah, it's, it's something yeah. that you, you think is not a good investment, but that is like one of the best investments you can make. It's just being visible. Out of sight, out of mind. You yeah, know? that's that's really that fascinating. <clears throat> Two things we didn't get a chance to talk to with Mark about. Uh, one is uh, social networking. Uh, I really wanted to ask him about that. And two was his uh, self-production, self-producing stuff, mm-hmm. the stuff that he self-produces. We're going to have him back as a guest sometime, hopefully soon, just to talk about this, these, this group that he's put together where they do a lot of uh, self, they, they self-produce a lot of stuff. They're, they put out a short almost every week. It's yeah. uh, kind of an insane schedule, but he's always producing stuff, which is fantastic. And the other thing I, I really wanted to ask him about, I ended up asking him about off the record, which was the social networking stuff, <clears throat> because I really wanted to ask somebody who was plugged into the whole marketing world and type and all of that, what his thoughts were on social networking. And there's two things that I want to point out about that the first one this is a distillation of of what we talked about he said social networking is not what gets you the work the actors who work and self-produce and use social networking to get that out there are the ones that end up being successful in social Mm -hmm. media so in other words tweeting does not make you will not get you a job facebooking will not get you a job Self-producing a short film or web series and then tweeting and marketing and Facebooking about that is what may get you a job or more work or more more noticed. Yeah. I think that was the important sort of distinction. Yeah. You know, he was like, I can't think of, he's like, I can think of maybe one, maybe two people who have ever gotten jobs just because they were posting like funny stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, he he did. He had a couple of examples that he rattled off, but he's like, other than that, no one gets, no one books roles. And I just don't want actors to ever think like, oh, I I have to have a Twitter account so I can book things. It's like, no, no, it's, it's, you do self-produced work the diy stuff that we're constantly talking about on the podcast and then you market that and that's what gets you noticed yeah well i think mark said this off the air too he said he has a friend um who who does this like film school in two days workshop and uh people would pay four or five hundred bucks come to this two-day seminar he would give he would teach them everything about they would need to know in film school and he realized that they didn't have a place to go after they had learned this stuff. So he spent a bunch of money, opened a studio, an editing suite where people could go and do their thing. And he said he's, he thought he'd make all this money because all these students that took his seminar would come into the studio and spend money to actually make their, their projects. He said less than 1% mm-hmm. of the students actually went through with it. And I think Mark said it, I'm not sure if we were recording, but he said a lot of people just like to have their dreams tickled or scratched. So that is a perfect segue into the other thing that we kind of talked about on and off air which is don't get trapped in the world of people who talk about it. Make sure you're actually doing it. So he talked about, he used to go to a lot of these like 
not tweet ups, but like these meetings where a lot of actors would gather or he'd be on forums online. Like there's these forums. You, you can think like, I think backstage has them. They're kind of all over the internet where you can go on and you can, and actors can like ask questions and it could be something like, you know, who's a good headshot photographer for which you'll get yeah. a billion responses to, you know, uh, other questions about, you know, casting directors, auditions, stuff like that. And there's sort of these, these forums where you get, you know, responses people can post things people can comment on them and 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 there's the swirl of conversation right Mm -hmm. and what he was saying was one day he looked at a lot of those forums or ones that he was even involved with himself and he said who's acting here he asked himself who's acting here who's working here Mm -hmm. who in this group of people that keeps talking about it is actually doing something yeah and that's that's the trap that 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 we want to impart on our listeners to avoid like even this podcast like don't don't call in with a question about how to I don't know self produce something unless you've gone out and actually fallen on your face and tried it first. <laughs> like I mean I know I'm, I hope I'm not sounding. I want to see chip teeth, people. <laughs> I hope I'm not sounding harsh. I'm not. I don't mean to no, sound no, harsh. No. All I'm saying <laughs> is like don't don't listen to this podcast and just listen to this podcast. Don't let us tickle your dream. Don't spend money on you know workshop after workshop after workshop after workshop and just learn the rules that's the thing that like blew my mind (sighs) when you said that me too don't just go don't just keep learning the rules and not actually applying them in any sort of way yeah you know and those are the two things that i really took away from the second half or or at least i wanted to talk about because we didn't necessarily get a talk chance to talk about the social networking thing during the interview but um was that kind of what stood out to you? Amen, so, dude. Yeah. Amen. You said it. So we have a couple of notes that we kind of want to leave you all with. For They're, 2010? For 2010. <laughs> First one is, uh, this is th- this episode should go live on December 20th, which means it is literally the l- very last day that you can vote in the uh, 2010 uh, so- Broadway SoCal Awards. Words, yeah. And... <clears throat> When this goes live, you may have a matter of minutes <laughs> or hours. So go to the website, check out that, click on the link, and, and vote for us if you, if you could. Uh, the other thing is we want to play a really awesome voicemail that we got. Uh, I don't want to really set it up. We'll just we'll just play it. Hey, Trey J. It's Flee 53 a.k.a. Denise Fleener. Hey, I'm calling you guys because I just had an audition uh, slash meeting. And um, it went so well, and I I have you guys partially to thank, probably mostly to thank, because I've just had a really rotten couple of weeks in my personal life. Mm. And when I came out to the audition, which I almost didn't even go to, I was thinking about AJ's audition that he had a few weeks back when he said he just he went in thinking, hey, we're a team, let's just make this happen, let's have fun. And that was my attitude, and I killed it, man. How do I know I killed it? Because the fucking director stood up after I was done, and he said, that was awesome. That is amazing. So I'm thrilled. I don't know if I'm going to book it, but I have a pretty good feeling I might. And even if I don't, I feel terrific about it. So thank you, guys. You rock. God, right now I love being an actor. Have a great week. Bye. If that's not the best voicemail to end 2010 with, I don't I know what it is, I man. It. 
God, I love being an actor right now. Yeah. That is amazing. That is amazing. <clears throat> Congratulations, Denise, and thank you so much for calling and sharing that with, with us and with subsequently all our listeners. Yeah, and thank you for your support in 2010, and and I know in the future, you know, uh, I think we've got a, a listener for life right there. Yeah, right there. <laughs> I hope so, man. And, you know, thank you everybody who, who sent in money and donated. We had another couple uh, donations, very generous donations come in yeah, uh, over the past few weeks. Yeah, we should give a shout out to uh, Susan, Susan Moss, Moss right? yeah, who, yeah. who sent us a nice donation. And and uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up in 2010, guys. We have a lot of... Um, oh, my God. Wow. In 2011, um, we have so many cool things that we think you guys are really going to like. Um, so stay tuned, man. Some changes, but you're not, nothing's going to change from what we already have. We're just going to build on top of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and I think that the first couple of episodes of 2011 are going to be like, like people are going to go, Whoa, where did all this come from? We have all this stuff. We're going to roll it all out in 2011. And I think that you'll all be very surprised and pleased and, I think that it's going to be the start of something even bigger than this podcast. In the meantime, during this short break that we're all going to take, you know, relax, uh, take it easy. Mm-hmm. Send us your send in send oh send us your audition horror stories. We're yeah, still looking for still, those. Still gathering those. You can email us at insideactingpodcast at gmail Tell us you know your your story or, or call us at the. Two one three two actors. actors number two 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 eight six seven seven. Tell us your audition horror stories, and also tell us you know how you did with your goals in twenty ten. Mm-hmm. We have a goals discussion board that no one ever ended up using on our Facebook page. Yeah. If you want to go check that out, you can. I don't do know that if that's well. because people were afraid to share, or 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 they didn't have them, or maybe they just didn't feel like going over there and, and putting it on there. I mean, whatever the case, yeah, it's it's you know. Ask yourselves this during this break: What went well in 2010, and what did not go well? And really, just use that as as a barometer for moving forward, and do more of what worked and less of what didn't. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, give that's yourself a simple new goals equation. For, yeah, but if you focus on it, you know, every day or every few days, and then months going ahead, I think, I think we'll all be surprised at, at what can be done with just the right mindset. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, send us an email. You know, call the voicemail. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com yep. slash digital actor. I'm twitter.com slash Trevor Alga. And the podcast is at twitter.com slash inside acting. That's right. You can uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Hop over to iTunes, search for inside acting. Uh, click on the fifth star if you could and leave us a glowing review. If you like what we do, if you don't, keep it to yourself or let us know and we'll fix it. And then you can go over and, <laughs> and, you can go over and leave us a five star review after that. Uh, you can also leave us a review at actorated.com. That's right. Um, I'm going to put a permanent link on the side of the website to our actor-rated page. That's a good idea. If you want to go over there. And um, uh, uh, you can find us on Facebook, of course, uh, and you know, become a, a fan or like us over there. And uh, last but not least, you can, of course, you can donate. Um, and we would love you for that, uh, especially the holidays. You know, when the end of the year is coming up, little tax Yeah, man, get those tax, uh, tax write-offs <laughs> in before the end of the year. Um, no amount is too small. Nor is any amount too big. <laughs> Feel free to hop over. Uh, just click on the uh, the donate button. So we have two ways you can donate to the podcast. You can do a, a lump, a one time kind of lump sum, or you can uh, do a recurring weekly donation three, five, ten, or twenty dollars. Um, and they're all appreciated. And save your receipt because you can write it off. And uh, you know we say this every episode, but we do have ways to thank you. And um, for the people that have donated already, they're starting to see some of that. So um, donate and find out what we're going to do for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can head over to InsideActingPodcast.com. On the right-hand side, you'll see the little yeah. donate button. And give it a click. 
give it a click. It just takes a couple of minutes. Think of us. Think of us when you are doing your holiday shopping. Yes. <laughs> Set aside, you know, that fifteen dollars iTunes gift card. Mm-hmm. Say, does my dog really need this? <laughs> and instead, you know, give us the fifteen dollars. Yeah. The answer would be no to your, to your dog needing that. <laughs> Unless you dress your dog in a sweater and boots and all that stuff, then maybe... Then you're maybe. a true Angelino. Yeah. Um, cool. So I think that does it for episode 40 and a year of, of in our first full year of Inside Acting. That's true. That's true. First full year of Inside Acting podcast. Wow. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening and for uh, going on this journey with us. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really excited for where it's going to go in 2011. Not just the podcast, but all of us as, as actors. Yes, Definitely. 2011 is going to be an even bigger year yeah. than 2010. Yeah. We have some exciting guests lined up, too. Really, yes. really, really exciting guests. <laughs> like, really exciting guests. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so thank you, guys. Uh, great for 2010 and episode 40. I'm Trevor Algott. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next year. And in the meantime, happy holidays. Happy holidays.